Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 61. Today we have Carolyn Helmy. This lady is not afraid to say yes to challenges. She's extremely powerful, but also warm, genuine, honest, skill-based, not ego-based. She's just the real deal and has a fantastic story. So sit back, wait a minute, sponsors. We've got the Suncoast Fresh ordering app. It's everything you need in your hand. You can do your ordering, check your pricing, set up a shopping list so you can just press the button and get your stuff the next day. It's awesome. Check that out at suncoastfresh.com.au. And also Chef Notepad easily costs your recipes so that you can focus on the food and get all your recipes right. It's awesome as well. Check that out at Chef Notepad. Okay, let's get into this with Carolyn. Welcome to the podcast, Caroline Helmy. Chef de Cuisine at the Sovereign Rooms. That's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? It is. Ah, I'm not going to fit on a business card either. No, it does surprisingly. <laughs> so thank you for hosting us here in this beautiful room. Are we allowed to be in here or do we have to keep this a secret? <laughs> no, you're allowed to be <laughs> okay, in here. Yeah, I went through the proper process. <laughs> Great. So we're lucky enough to be in this room. We're up really high. We can see the ocean. We can see the Gold Coast, um, all the buildings and the beautiful trees and the sky's lovely and blue today. And there's a bit of a, a building coming up here now. Next door, what's, what's that one? Yeah, so um, just out the window, we can see the Dorset Hotel, um, which is the new addition of the Star Entertainment Group, and it's due to be open in early 2022. So very exciting, very beautiful building, lots happening on this wow. island. So the, the, the Darlene, this is a, one of the most um, beautiful rooms I think I've ever been in. Like we've got chandeliers and kitchens and there's a gym that's bigger than my house. And, uh, <laughs> It's like a, a television that I thought I walked into the cinema and, um, you know, you can probably, um, the, the, yeah, everything's massive. So it's uh, what, a, what, a, what an amazing space. Um, so people get to stay here. This is life of the rich and famous. Yes, it's pretty much. Um, it's quite an amazing space. Um, these are one of the executive rooms on the sides. They have them on both sides and on each floor. And you can have up to 25 people in here. So there's lots of parties, good for celebrations, events, private dinners. We've done um, relaxed barbecues outside, all sorts of wild and fancy. (laughs) So if people don't know, if you're driving up the Gold Coast Highway, it's a beautiful almost surfboard-shaped building with Mm -hmm. 19s on the roof. And it's an amazing building. Just it stands out because it's uh, so architecturally delightful. Um, so you've um, been working here for a few years now. and um, Yes. Um, going on five, I realized the other day, because <laughs> I got my um, certificate and I was like, five years, where has the time gone? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So I think we initially met you at probably three or, three or four years ago. Uh, yeah. I think Billy was the, was the man who was looking after you in the early days. And and um, because you're, co- you're cooking for VIPs and high rollers and members, um, you know, there's a fairly high expectation, so you're always searching for the for the wonderful ingredients. Um, it, it, it's, tell tell me a little bit about why you do that. Yep. So we cater um, at the Sovereign Room really for uh, members, players, um, anyone that's hosted interstates and not. And um, it's really like a customer that I've never dealt with before because it's a very like routine like customer he likes things a certain way he's a creature of habit like they'll come in five to seven nights a week pretty much so um it's a very different customer than in the past so he's very um he likes to try new things but he's also very set in his ways he doesn't like to step outside of his comfort zone too much um, until you build that relationship with him and you have, you know, the rapport, which I have a really good relationship with most of my customers because I see them and they're here every day. <laughs> so it's quite a very special and unique um, way of working. Yeah, so that is, I can understand that too because it's sort of almost, um, you know, if I you know, have my medium rare steak and this and that and that and mm-hmm. they, they roll with what they, their, their day, that they're almost trying to create their future and I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, yep. I'm going to do this, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to eat a medium rare steak with a side of this yeah. and that and that. But, yeah, so when you get to know them, um, you can sort of experiment a little bit and do yeah. some crazy cool things, hey? Definitely. And the space that I'm working in is really the platform. It's a perfect platform for it because um, I get to work with amazing products that I'm always, like, sourcing, and I like to use things that not everybody has, obviously, because... 
Um, Great eyes. <laughs> Good work, Scarlett. <laughs> Bloody hell, I can't take her anywhere. It's quality, not like that cheap. That, that at our house is plastic, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get to use these quality ingredients. That must be awesome. So how do you, how do you uh, budget for that? Well, you must have a massive budget. Then we can, we can charge them more, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, well, we still have budgets. Um, I can't go totally crazy <laughs> to yeah. the extreme, but I like to, you know, tug on the line and make sure I get <laughs> as close as I can. And let's face it, both of us know that all the all the best stuff is usually at a at a great price because you you're always cooking in season and, yeah. and making sure you're utilizing you know that sort of ingredient, which which is um, often the best, mm-hmm. or nearly Definitely. is the best. So, And my customer is used to that. He knows, like, my style, and he knows that I'm always going to, like, pull some different things that he wouldn't see in other restaurants or even venue at the casino. So he likes to do those and likes to experiment to some extent. So that's the now. So let's let's backtrack, you know, um, a little bit to, to work out how you got to this uh, amazing job that's put us in this probably the best room I've ever been in, and <laughs> we're looking out here, and you've got some fruit and some beautiful stuff on the table here. Uh, let, let's let's work out how you got here. Now, now you came, you you, were, you grew up in New Caledonia. Now, what do they call it, New Caledonia? It should be Old Caledonia. It's been there forever. <laughs> you know, it New, has. Yeah, let's talk about New Caledonia because uh, if anyone doesn't know, that's that's near Fiji, Vanuatu, yeah, just this side, isn't on it? On this side, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. Um, very near Fiji and it's only two hours away from Brisbane. So it's a tiny little French island um, that I was born and grew up on. And my parents accidentally landed there because they were sailing in the Pacific. So they were like, yep, this looks like a good place. <laughs> and, I, and I can see why. I yeah. mean, anyone want to Google that, you'll, you'll understand why you'd, you'd stop there. Uh, so that sailing, so yacht, sailing around, yeah. wow. Um, So they did that. And then um, my dad is very like an entrepreneur. So he's, you know, always looking for crazy things to do and adventures. So they started um, our family business there, which is in tourism. And we have boats and we go to this historic island and organize day trips. And so we were always like on the water with seafood. Still doing that? Still doing that. What's it called? Um, Meridi. How do you spell that? So M-A-R-Y apostrophe D. Write that down, Scala. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Um, so we were always, so it's like a day trip that we organize. We go to this um, island that has a lighthouse that has this whole history about it. And yeah. So, that's so, so you're in the hospitality game yeah. as a young person mm-hmm. then, yeah? Yeah. I think that shaped us because every weekend we would go and work when kids would be doing other things. We'd be like, no, no, Sunday you have to go to lighthouse. You have to work. And yeah. we'd... Um, do that religiously. So we were always around people, around food. It was a very big thing wow. even when we were very young. So your sister, you said you had a sister who's Yeah, still, I have two sisters. Yeah. yeah, work in the business? Yeah, work in the business. Um, one's a captain and the other one's uh, running the business. Wow, now, that's so. like, I don't know why you left. Why are you leaving the beautiful family on the beautiful island? <laughs> yeah, well, I was always like I wanted to kind of experiment and do more uh, and then kind of always go back. Yeah, there is okay. always a chance. So, <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's a great start. So, mm-hmm. where did you go from there? When did you leave? What what made you so leave there? I left there after um, high school. So I came um, to the Gold Coast to go to uni, Bond Uni. I did my bachelor's and master's in uh, corporate communication. The smart one. <laughs> so my sisters had done it, and we were like, okay, this is kind of the path, yeah, <laughs> you <right>. know. <laughs> okay. And get so, the uni out of the way, and yeah. So I did that. And then at the end of my, like halfway through my master's, um, one of my friends wanted to open a restaurant and wanted to go in partnership. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Like, (laughs) that seems fun (laughs) when you're like in your 20s. (laughs) So open a restaurant. So we opened the restaurant with him. um, And it was actually in Broad Beach. It was in Italian. And obviously I knew very little about running a restaurant, but I knew hospitality and... You had a business with a family, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was definitely that support. Um, so we did that for about two and a half years, and then I was like, okay, this is too much responsibility. <laughs> I want to like do something else. So I moved to San Diego in California, 
And then, so did you like just flip a coin, go, okay, what country now? You know, <laughs> no. this is back when the world was open before the Holocaust or whatever. Right. Call it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's how we feel. It's definitely nothing like Holocaust, but yeah. If, uh, back when you can travel, you just jumped over there. Wow. Yeah. Well, well my mom and uh, family was based there. I had some uncles, and um, we would go there all the time for school holidays and whatnot. So. So how close is that to – so you're two hours from here, so it's still another good 10 hours, isn't it? From, to San Diego? Yeah. Yeah, it's two days. From New Caledonia. Oh, well, you can go from New Caledonia. You have to go from Sydney and then Sydney. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, so. You, you went there for holidays because of family was yeah. there. Yeah, right. because um, we'd go see our family. and um, So I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, go move to the States while I can. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, and What a beautiful spot. I've been there. I've got yeah. some friends there, Bob. Um whole team of wonderful wonderful people that we actually work with in san diego especially produce so. yeah that's wow. amazing so i did um i was in recruiting and in marketing for a while and then just before i left i was working with actually a produce company and we would um, import everything from mexico and work with the la base because it's obviously like a super big market and such yeah. like crazy fruit and vegetables circling through there so yeah he was one of my customers and then says, hey, I'm looking for someone to take over. Do you want to? And I was like, sure. So then I got in the produce industry, oddly. So you're, <laughs> so you're pretty much just saying yes to every opportunity that's coming yeah, your way, huh? Yeah, definitely. Because I think that's a great way to take chances. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it's just an experience. So, so you're in the produce game in San Diego. Yeah. Age? 24. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So I was working with, a lot with restaurants, all these, you know, up-and-coming young chefs in California, which is a great place, food industry-wise. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> Any names for us? Um, oh, there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, one of the places that I loved for produce over there was the Santa Monica Farmer's Market. Yes. Like, that's a... It's, a, it's iconic. Yeah. yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, just... Uh, another friend of mine, was, um, he's going to kill me if he listens to this, Stephen Murray, uh, his berries and, you know, like there's a, a white blueberry and there's a, yeah. the yellow raspberries, the, the, you know, all the different raspberries and the, all the different things and just the eating quality of the peaches and um, um, they, they really did know each other throughout the industry. Like he knew like Peter Solaris from up the coast. Mm-hmm. So, wow, what a fantastic food scene for you to start yeah. to blossom in. Um, wow. So what, 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 what next? Um, so after that, I think I was there for about three and a half years. I was like, well, let me, you know, cause I really loved Australia. I had a special, um, relationship with it cause we'd come here for school holidays when we were much younger. So I was like, let me try and go back and settle and see the work, seeing how it is. And so I came back and I said, well, you know, I've been in the hospitality and the food scene it kind of maybe I should try chefing and food has always been like an important part in our family. Like even when I was very little, my mom's a very good chef, very good cook. Um, and food was such like a centerpiece for us all the time. So what sort of things is there like a native? I mean, it's French, obviously. Yeah. So is it? Is there any sort of combinations um, over there? Like where? Yeah, so it's really based on there's a lot of seafood. Um, there's one prone, which were like our one kind of <laughs> famous thing that's kind of there it's called the paradise prawn and it's um original because it's blue when it's raw instead of the other colors and then you cook it and it's very sweet it has a different pr- flavor profile than the australian prawn so deep uh not really no okay um mud crabs are really good crayfish are amazing so a lot of seafood yeah. is available like is- very easily Access. A little ad for tourism, you come down. <laughs> um, now, so we're back. So that's where you got your inspiration. You came back here. You wanted to be a chef. It was in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Where, where? So then, um, obviously, I went through the process with an apprentice, all that fun stuff, and I realized very quickly because I started quite late that the type of food and the industry I wanted to be in. Obviously, um, when you're an apprentice, you do all sorts, you know, events, breakfast, all the fun stuff that you kind of have to go through. Yeah. And then um, I worked with a very passionate pastry chef um, when I started on and he like showed me all these amazing skills and the pastry skills. So I started off as a pastry chef and that's how I got into fine dining because I love pastries and I was very good at it. And 
It's a precise skill, isn't it? Yeah. See, see, normally, you know, you have to measure everything in yeah. pastries. It, it, it's an an exact science, as opposed to lots of other cooking, where there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It yeah. Should be right. And that's it. My mum used to make it. That's what it's meant to taste like. Pastry is so precise. It's a great place to ground yourself and get yeah, it right. Definitely. And he was so passionate. He had been in the industry for like over forty years and always so calm. And I was like, oh my god. This chef is amazing. Like, and he was really like taking the time to show me and going through the process and explaining the why, mm. which I think is pivotal when you're a young oh. chef and you don't know a lot of things in the industry and someone takes the time to go through that. You're like, oh, this is kind of a turning point for me. So it's not just because you got the why. That's 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 sort of yeah. How, yeah. I feel like that's how you learn, right? Yeah. I feel like if they don't tell you the why, you forget why you, you're doing mm-hmm. it. So then you forget the process. Yeah. Wow. So pastry, uh, was yeah. that here? No, that was um, at Royal Pines. Okay. Yeah. So there, and then I worked at uh, Videre with a really cool bunch of chefs there. Um, very creative, very colorful <laughs> crew that we had. Um, so that was straight away fine dining. And it was, you know, a lot of, I worked with a chef where he had probably over 12 movements on a plate. And I was like, this is hectic. (laughs) Yeah. And that was his style. And he was very creative and would come in on a Friday and be like, I want to change the whole menu for the weekend. And I'm like, it's Friday. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I don't have recipes. Just kind of, this is the end result. So go figure it out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so Did you have to was... ask yourself why then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God. So luckily I had, you know, good support in, like, the pastry chef that I work very closely with. I'm like, hey, how can I, like, achieve this or how can mm. I get to these end process? <laughs> um, so that was a very interesting time. Then I think it just kind of developed, like, the kitchen culture because we we're very close and – very good friends like it was hectic during service and then after we'd you know hang out and it'd be fine like there was no grudges it was what is that what is this thing we're, we're talking about right now because it's like being a pirate isn't it it's like you're, you're on a <laughs> ship almost you're in you know but you're in yeah. the kitchen ship and you have all these mahatis and there's anger and there's hot stuff and there's knives and yeah. there's be- beautiful food going out and standards that are just higher than high and, yeah. and but then at the end it's like <laughs> Oh, okay. We all love each other. We're going to sit on a milk crate out the back and, <laughs> Pretty and, much. and get to know each other a little bit more. And because you've been through almost crisis, you, you start to bond. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Wow. It is a good uh, thing. I feel like everyone should, needs to go through that. Almost. Yeah, it's always, I think so. It like builds your resilience and you understand that whatever happens in the kitchen, it's left in the kitchen. Like mm. the next day you start fresh, you don't hold grudges, you don't like want to, you know, get back to them or whatnot, Mm, (laughs) which I think if someone hasn't experienced that, like, especially in these young up up and coming chefs, they haven't seen like that real kitchen energy and vibe Mm. because of the kitchens that they're in or the environments are, you know, a little bit more sheltered. Mm. Um, I'm not sure they kind of have that same experience. Yeah. okay. (laughs) Well, there's lots of rules now. You've got to work 7.6 hours. You need a 15 minute break. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And this and that. And yeah. Okay. It is a lot different. And um, sometimes the hard way is the right way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So where did you end up after that? So after that, um, one of my friends was working at Seduction, um, which was at Peppers and Surfers. And, I was like, okay, I went to look at the restaurant, beautiful, the food was amazing. And I was like, all right, it's time for a change. Um, and I was there for about three years, I think. And same thing, it was really about the team that was there and the chefs and Steve Zabo, which was the exec chef there and was Versace before that. Like he was, he is like just so creative and his mind is built differently. Like <laughs> he would just have these, ideas for function and events we're using all these props and all these crazy things and I was like what how is this gonna look and at the end it looks amazing and it's totally achievable but mm. it's just a matter of like thinking way outside the box and <laughs> wow so that, that must have been inspiring yeah who else has inspired you along your your journey um so him and I think a lot of like my pastry chef that I worked oh, with yeah, yeah. was French um Jose very early on 
was good. Um, obviously my mom, because food, when I see her, like that's the main thing. Food <laughs> is kind of the basic. Yeah. Um, she used to always cook when we were home and whatnot. And I think where I grew up, because it's all about, it taught me very early on that it's about the food and not like overcomplicating things. It's about keeping it very simple and looking at the ingredients you have and just showcasing it the best. It's not covering it with 15 ingredients or mm. 15 processes. It's, it's almost like trying too hard, isn't it, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. Um, the, the best food is often the the produce accompaniment, you know, thinking about <laughs> textures <Yeah>. and sounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the background noise is Scarlet moving around, okay, everyone? Um, well, so, so what, 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 you know, so, you know, okay, so is there anywhere else you worked before you came here? I want to stop you before you came here. Um, after a seduction? No, because then um, there was an opportunity to work at a Japanese restaurant, which I was like, I know nothing about Japanese food because <laughs> obviously my style is classic French. And I was like, okay, this, you know, this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, you're starting to begin, aren't you? Yeah, so I was yeah. like, all right. And then obviously the culture in the Japanese kitchen is very different than yes. all the other spaces that I had been in. Um, so I was like, no, I can do this. Like, it's fine. Um, so I took that on board and yeah, that was quite a ride. <laughs> well, you must cook some pretty special stuff at home, huh? At home, no, I cook like super simple, which is always like when I go back home, everyone expects me to cook because they were like, yeah, you cook this crazy food, so here, can you <laughs> cook for us? I'm like, ah, oh. so sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you just want to make coleslaw and sausages. <laughs> it's like that. We don't want to. Yeah, okay. just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so, you know, that sounds like a really good, um, you know, I guess almost start, you know, you've got French, you've got uh, some Japanese stuff, you've got some camaraderie in the kitchen and, and, and at a point things start to matter to you and, and, and what sort of things are out externally impacting like the environment or any of those sort of things have impact on your food and what you do in the kitchen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I think obviously if we look at like in today's world, it's all about looking for the future and protecting the environment and all these aspects. Um, so whether it's like sustainable and um, where it's from, farmed wild, aquaculture, like all these things are really an important factor, I think, that we as an individual and as chefs can change for the future. Even though we think oh, one person can't really do it, but if everyone takes that on board, then we can definitely create change. Um, so I think it's really important in my style and how I look at ingredients is not is knowing where they're coming from. If you know the story, you know, like kind of the background, then like you have you're more excited about cooking with it. You're more excited about showcasing it, sharing it with your customers so they understand the passion mm. and they're just as interested as you. Like they don't want something that's imported that's, you know been in a freezer for God knows how long or mm. that's been on the boat. Like that's not going to be the best item at the end of the day. So I think it's really like something that I look at, consider when creating my menus and is forefront for sure. And what about the actual um, packaging and all that? Is that, is that, are you able to have much influence on that? Or is that something as a, as a that, 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 that matters? Yeah, definitely. And I think working at the star, it's such a high volume of everything. Like, when you look at the company um, overall, that it's also very much in their forefront. And we as chefs and owners of our space can really change and look at the packaging, say, hey, we only want to do this much. Or they have actually a sustainable committee that's part um, of the organization. And they're always looking for new things and best way to process food packaging and whatnot. So they've really like done a lot of changes for us and made it easier for us to move forward on that. So all our, most of our packaging is um, recyclable and like on everything, even in the back of house, like a lot of things are, they keep that in mind. Great. Um, yeah, I, I did. I did know that Udo was uh, saying something similar, and uh, it's good to see that the you know the big guys, mm -hmm. let's call you the big guys, um, are are doing something and making that move because um, it is a lot of individual pressure on people sometimes when yeah. when when 
when it's probably not being done in, in, in some bigger places. So um, that's lovely that they're, they're doing that. Um, so then, so this is, you're, you're working here now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what a great place to work. Tell us why it's a great place to work quickly. Um, um, I think it's a really great place to work at because of the opportunities that are coming along. Um, I mean, everyone knows Queens Wharf in Brisbane is <laughs> the next little huge project that they have. <laughs> little huge, <laughs> little probably, huge yeah. yeah. So you're going from French to American to Australian with it, with your uh, language here a little bit, I can yeah. feel. <laughs> um, and it's really like a company that has the employee in its forefront and it's really looking after their employees and, you know, where whether it's like their mental health or the environment that they're in or how many hours someone is working and the balance of your work hours and your personal life. So it's really, there's so many great, like, opportunities, whether it's like training, working with apprentices, which is a really big thing that I love to do and just, like, teaching the next generation, I guess, and having an impact on them, which gives this place, gives us a great platform to start. So you whipped around, worked in a couple places. Any funny stories you're allowed to share with us? Hey, um. here or somewhere else? Or you've got to be careful what we say here, haven't we? Because, you know, we, we do want to be respectful because, you know, it's a respectful place. But any other crazy stories? What, what's going on in the kitchens? What's going on in the lunchroom? Crazy it doesn't story. even have to be here. We can pretend it's not here. Just tell a story and we'll yeah. pretend it's from somewhere else, just in case. Right. Well, I think when I first started off in um, one of my first kitchens, obviously it was male-dominated and it was all guys and corn flour was a thing. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, I don't need to know that. That's like too much information. And like you'd see corn flour everywhere. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is... <laughs> just out of control no like it's too hot like and i was like surely there's other ways for you guys <laughs> so chefs out there will know that corn flour always has a weird like space in <laughs> kitchens <laughs> um but yeah crazy stories like you know it's classic when someone freezes your knives on your last days blood wraps <laughs> like your car um like they'll just do so many like joking things they'll hide all your preps from the day before and you're like no no i'm sure i counted them right for the function and they're like nope you didn't so then you're like frantically trying to make more when an hour to the function and then they're like oh i found it and you're like i just want to. yeah <laughs> so. now this is it, the kitchens is a crazy place but why would people want to be why 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 would people want to become chefs these days do you think because it, it is hard work as well i, I, is, I like yeah. to i don't like to sugarcoat that, you know, there's lots of opportunities where I are, because it's really, really hard hard work, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely a hard um, industry to be in, but I think it's a great tool because you can travel anywhere and work as your, as your trade, which is a chef, you know, like there's great platforms. Um, and I think in the world that things are going, like the more skill you know, the better it is. And if it's chefing or cooking, you know, whether it's like, to just for your family or for a crowd, it's like a great tool that you can have that you're always going to use. Like you're always going to like those things you learn as an apprentice, you'd never forget. It's just kind of like ingrained in you. How do you balance your life? Are you so busy at work? What are you doing outside of work to make sure? Because I'm pretty sure you go to the beach a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, what, what, are you, what are you doing to make sure and and even the staff is doing to, you know, I mean, you said they look, make sure you don't work too many hours. So that's mm -hmm. great. But what are you doing outside of work to make sure that you get the inspiration that you, you need? Um, so normally I would travel, but obviously the time has changed. <laughs> yeah. So now you're going um, to Berlin. Has, yeah, <laughs> it's made it challenging. Um, but I really love to go to other restaurants and see what like industry peers are doing and kind of their perception on things and what they're presenting. Like I think it's always a good experience to share a meal with someone. It's always, you know, a special moment. Um, I'm, yeah, I love the beach going out adventuring waterfalls all that fun stuff <laughs> two, two favorite restaurants in brizzy oh boy well i just went a couple weeks ago to dan arnold and yeah. that was like mind-blowing i was like uh, yeah, this is amazing yeah, like, yeah. the details and perfection of each bite was just really special to some of the best restaurants that i've had in europe so um that was really special he spent um, enough time there he should i know he right? should, have, he should be getting right <laughs> the wine's good too hey? yeah yeah it's yeah. amazing um and it was really the dining space was 
really cozy. It wasn't like, I don't know what I was expecting. I knew the food was going to be great. But when I got there and I left, I was like, wow, this is quite the experience. So yeah, cracking job there. Yeah. That's one. Uh, one, the other one, which uh, we, I also went about a month and a half ago, I think. It was Bizu Bizu, um, which is um, part of the group. And that was amazing because it's a French bistro. Um, and when people say French bistro, you always think, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, they don't really. There's <laughs> bread and chips and right. salad. <laughs> <laughs> or they use French butter and they're like, yeah, that's the bistro part of it. And you're like, well. <laughs> um, so that was really good. Um, the setting was, the details was amazing. And then the dessert, we had this apple tartatin and the like the precision on it. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's really about the detail and the skill. Um, and you see it on the plate and you're like, this takes so much labor intensive and it was perfect so and the food there was amazing and i think it's it was my first time there to the venue and i was like wow mm. so there's a lot of places in brisbane that are just doing amazing work what about down here um down here you i can't love say the hotel okay? <laughs> i know right <laughs> um i love the north room um with yeah. nick and shannon there yeah. i worked with um both of them, Tim and Shannon, not Nick, sorry. Um, I worked with both of them in my past and he's doing amazing food. Like it's really like different, not something that you're seeing anywhere else. He's working with really boutique ingredients, boutique farmers and growers and the flavor combination is outstanding. Wow. Um, and just the feeling that you have when you go there is special. So that's... Okay, that's one. One more for me. One more. Um, <laughs> let's see... Where else? Um, okay, I'm going to flip your brain while you're thinking about that. What about the cheap eat? The, is there a good greasy kebab or is there a good grilled fried chicken or is there something that's just like, okay, it's naughty, yeah. but, you know, I, I love doing that every six months or something. Um, I just tried actually um, Freddy's, the new chicken roll place um, in Burley. Yeah, we love it. Yes. That was amazing. The chips were like... <laughs> the, he's got the, the crinkle, the crinkle cut. cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was super good. And it was lots of seasoning, which is really the best part of chips. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. more seasoning, the better. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining the first person that found a potato that harvested one just maybe tried to eat it before they cooked it. They would have went, I'm not sure about this one, guys. It's yeah. not going to be good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, but I'm not too much like a really greasy, but I love like a good hole in the wall Korean chicken in Southport. Like okay. everyone. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Southport, name of it, Scarlett. We're just getting lunch. For the, I'm just organizing lunch for the way home. That's all. I don't even know the name. It's one that, you know, you just oh, perfect. go. And that's even the like, best one. <laughs> What's something about you that people probably, you know, assume about you, but isn't true? A myth. Myth. Like to debunk. Um, oh, that's that question. I'm just going in my brain here. I'm not a looking myth. At huh. Or even about your profession. Um. That's a good question. Let me see. We gotta get a good ones. We'll give you a pause here. <laughs> we'll put some um, hold music on it. I don't think there is like a myth about me. Probably in my workspace, I'm very structured and organized. So maybe they would think that, oh, like, you know, I'm not approachable or whatnot, but that's like not true at all because I think you can only get to your result if your team is following you and if you bring him along for the ride. So um, I think that's something that as I grew as a chef and as a leader, you really like work on all these fine tuning things and you think of the whole team and how you get there. And I think about the industry that like females are only meant to be like pastry chefs or, you know, bakers or like all these crazy stereotypes that it is that's out there in the industry. So, yeah, it, we're definitely breaking that. But hey, is that is that a, I feel like we're getting there. Like, you know, yeah, there's some amazing female. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, and. There's a lot of a really amazing, you know, female chefs, and we've had yeah. a few of them on the on the podcast. And Joe Barrett comes to mind; she's one of my mm -hmm. favorites. But um, yeah, I, yeah, let's let's get rid of that because um, yeah, it's weird because every pitch you ever see in history, as well, is a is a is a man, isn't mm -hmm. it? It's a chef. It's like yeah, yeah. Um, what what would you give? Uh, what would be your advice you'd give women who want to be a chef? 
Um, I think to definitely just, if you have, you know, if you have an idea or a thought process, just go through it, you know, like don't listen to other opinions because sometimes they're not doing it in their best intentions. Um, and especially like, I think chefing is very competitive um, when you come to, you know, where it's at, whether it's like your dishes, it's just a very competitive industry. So I think not listening to the outside influences that will either guide you towards the wrong way or say, oh, well, this is too big for you or you're not going to make it in a very corporate world. Like, I think just not listening to that and just if you have an idea, follow through. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not saying like you're always going to be successful, but it's how you got there. And you're, you know, at the end of the day that you did your best and you gave it your all. So I think that's the best feeling like. Whether it's like, you know, a menu, an event or whatnot, a meeting that you're like, oh, I'm a bit on edge about it or I don't know how I'll do. Just go and be through to yourself and what your values are and then you'll be fine. That is really good advice. Um, through your career, you know, everyone has some failures and some, you know, mistakes. But mm-hmm. what was what might have been your biggest failure and, and what, what did you learn from that? Um... I think transitioning from like smaller restaurants to a more structured company that was challenging at the start um, because there's a lot of processes, a lot of like the team was much bigger um, and just how you communicate and how you get your message across to the different cultures, very multicultural um, is definitely something that a process that I went through. So, cause I worked with different cultures and a lot of very colorful chefs before, but I think when I transitioned to here, it was another level, which was challenging. <laughs> there are some, some really good, good people here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, um, so let's come back right into the now now. And, and what are you researching right now? Food wise, what are you going? Oh, okay. Is it bush food or? Um, yeah, I think so because, so obviously in Australia, there's always going to be ingredients that I've never heard of or that, you know, most chefs are Come not. Come on, you've been here forever. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? I know, but still like even at your masterclass, like I was like, I don't know half of these like naive ingredients. I yeah. was like, okay, this is an eye opener. Like I haven't really cooked with a lot and explored those, um, ingredients. And I was like, you know, everyone knows the like the basic fives or the one that everyone sees the carcala and all those lines, the salt bush, like everyone's seen those, used those, but I mean, there was. Jones and wax. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think, um, opening and like researching those ingredients because they're available. It's just a matter of like showcasing and researching how to incorporate them into my style. And like, I think it's a whole avenue that is underused and not, really showcased uh, it's a really difficult question but fruit and veg wise have you got some favorite ingredients that you just i love like i can see we got a gold kiwi fruit here it's something that i don't ever talk about but i love it it's, it's an amazing <laughs> piece of fruit and yeah. totally underestimated it blends in with the other kiwi fruits but inside it's amazing have you got some some favorites sort um, of, you know, yeah i love coconut because obviously being from an island like coconut i can eat it like all day every day um and it's so versatile you can you know do so many things with it um and there is the inside of the coconut hearts. Like there's so many aspects of it that you can use, not just the coconut. Can you climb a coconut tree? No, unfortunately. You're pretty tall. You know, I know. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I can if there's like steps in it. You know, okay. like yeah, 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 <laughs> they yeah. put like little indents. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that, when you're a kid, you would have been trying. Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, I tell you, I put that sprouting coconut up on Instagram a year mm-hmm. ago. Now that's an amazing thing. Have you ever worked with that prior? Here, no, but when we grew up on it, like that was my favorite thing on weekends. I'd be like, hey, can you get me like the inside of the coconut? And everyone would just like, I can eat like so many of them and then it's amazing. Are they are they the first snow egg, you might say? Like they're, they're yeah, similar true. texture to that. Yeah. And um, so anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's the coconut. My mum listens, she's not going to, might not know. So this is a big, it's a big coconut 
the, the green bit on the outside, then you cut into oh, So it's got to fall down and start to sprout, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So just as it starts to grow the new coconut tree, yeah. it turns the water into energy and it becomes like a... It's like a foamy texture. Um, yeah. It's a cross between a sponge right. and a pavlova almost, isn't yeah. it? But I wouldn't say it's sweet. Is it sweet? Um, yeah, it is a bit sweet, I suppose. It can be, yeah, when you get it the right time. And it's called bread. Oh, it's a coconut bread or something like that, is it? No? Oh, I don't know the okay. English word. Yeah. Just forgot that. <laughs> anyway, there's a, what's the French word? Or what's the... Just the heart of the coconut. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Boom. So it's a, it's, it's a round shape and um, you can cut it, you can fry it, you can... Yeah. You tell me what you can do with it. Um, I've only just eaten in, in its raw shape, put in salads, um... But as a snack, like they would sell it at the markets back home. They would sell the bags and you'd always like when you were younger go, hey, do you have any like hearts? And they were like, no, sold out. And I'm like, oh, you're gutted. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a it's an amazing great when I did that, that we'll video. Get you some when we get it's actually now. It's actually now. It's actually spring. It's, okay, uh, right. it's, a, it's a thing. And we're, we're up there this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is a, it's a fantastic um, little product. So that's one of your favorite ingredients, coconut. What, what, what do you, what can you do with coconuts? And do you do anything here with them apart from the inside, which are extremely happy? Um, yeah, you can, you know, barbecue it, grate it. Um, I really love to do this salad. So you use like um, every island has a different version of it. Um, for us, it's like a Tahitian salad and you use raw fish that you marinate in lime and then you drain it off and juice fresh coconut, put it through it, and then grate it a bit more. And it just, mm. like, is the best. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's the name of that? Uh, salad Haitian. Oh, so. beautiful. Oh, salad Haitian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But every island will do a twist to it. Like, some will do, you know, add all, like, potatoes to it and tomatoes. But I just mm. like it with the coconut and the fish and... So you didn't answer the question. I said fruit and vegetable, and you've said a nut. Okay, um, so that. All right. So now you have. Um, you've got two more to do. Well, I think when I came here, the one thing that I was like, "This is amazing," was finger lime, and I know it's probably used everywhere, and it's like the one thing that everyone has. But I just found it amazing. Like, I still think a lot of the the you know because we do the retail side of our business now. There's a lot of people still don't know what it yeah. is, apart from they've only ever had it in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's sort of common to us, I guess, because yeah. we're in the game. But there's lots of people who don't know about it. But yeah. tell me why you love it so much. Because it's like the flavor is amazing, like how it just pops. And I was like, and the colors. I love the red ones. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just my favorite. And it, you can put it in anything. You can like pickle it. You can put it as a dressing. You can... Like so, you squeeze it out and pickle it, yeah. Yeah. And so then you can keep it for different times of yeah. the year. So you eat it when it's in season, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Because then, when, when you freeze it, then it doesn't burst on the same level. Like, like it still has a nice texture when you defrost it, but it's not prime because it's not in season. So first, why using it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like pickling and preserving stuff? I, I really think that that's a good way of yeah. utilizing things mm-hmm. throughout the year. And when it's in abundance and you physically can't eat that much of whatever it is, yeah, I. I Tell me some of the ways you do that. I think that that's an important thing, a message for us to get across to, to people. Yeah, of definitely. How you should cook and how um, we should eat at home as well. Yeah, because a lot of, you know, whether you go to the markets and you buy too many of one things because it was just like so beautiful and in your home and you like, oh, I'm not going to eat like this much cauliflower. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, let's go into this a little bit if you wouldn't mind yeah. because I do think that this is the, probably the reason why we eat so much shit and takeaway and, and fast food and, and – um, um, when I say fast food, I mean fast food you cook at home. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's a yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about this. Tell me about this, please. More yeah. Than... So I think it's really important for like someone at home to know what to do with the ingredients or know what to do with the excess produce. Like they should know that the broccoli you don't just eat the flowers. Like you can eat the stem in a salad, and like they buy it at the supermarket, but they just when they have it at home, they probably just don't think about it. They mm. don't think that you can grate it and cook it or have it as a salad. Like. So yeah, so many. you peel the outside, yeah. that stem, yeah, I, I love it. And and, and uh, a Chinese guy told me that it was when I was an apprentice. I thought, yeah. oh my God, I can't believe I've been doing this. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And when you put it in the stir fry, people go, what is this one? It's yeah. delicious, hey? That's it. But all these, you know, different methods of using things. Why and... do you think people are scared of pickling and preserving? Like, Because I think they have the perception that it's too complicated, that it's too much. They're like, oh, well, I don't know if it turns out like too salty, too sour. It's okay. You just, you know, start again or add more. Like, it's not, I don't think there's 
like a standard recipe that, oh my God, I have to Google how to pickle something. Like as long as you taste it and you're like, oh, this tastes good or it tastes sour how I like it or strong, then put your vegetable in it and then it'll turn out great. Like, What's your recipe? Um, Let's go vegetables, basic ones like cauliflower, carrot, that, that sort of traditional. Yeah, I love to do um, turnips actually. Okay, great. Because um, we used to always eat them and... So each time, like, if I don't make it, I'll go to shops and buy it. And I'm like, no, this is not how my mom used to have it. (laughs) (laughs) So I like it really, like, sour and high on the vinegar and then strong on the sugar and just to balance it off. And I like a bit of chili once in a while. So so the basic recipe is sugar, vinegar, water. Yeah. And And then, like, aromats, like bay leaves, if you have fresh bay leaves or peppercorns, peppercorns, chili, thyme, like, anything. Yeah, so. just simple, hey? Yeah, just keep it simple. And what's the secret with the jar? You know, I, I like talking about this because uh, I think a lot of people pretend they know and mm-hmm. um, I might be one of those. Um, <laughs> no. So what? So with the jar, you've got to put it in boiling water or something? Or yeah, to seal just the to like sterilize it to make sure because obviously you're going to leave it for like a month or a few weeks in your fridge or outside or whatnot. So you want to make sure like nothing that's not supposed to grow <laughs> is going to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> And that must work in the kitchen as well when you want to preserve some stuff and then use it later on and helps with the costing. Yeah. So you can get that beautiful lobster in that costs too much and then you can do Definitely. This. When you make oils out of, you know, the shells and it's about using the whole, like the whole animal, not just the best part, which is everyone loves the best part. But if yeah. you don't know how to use the other parts, then I think as a chef, you're not doing your job correctly. And, uh, well, that that's bisque, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, like... The, the recipe for bisque is yeah. using the whole thing, isn't it? And um, yeah, there's lots of that in French sort of classic stuff, isn't yeah. it? But I think we've we've sort of have shied away from that. Um, not not so much now, but years and years ago, let's say thirty years ago, when it was using, I feel that we're using the flour mm-hmm. of the broccoli and we're using some weird potato. But yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. So you, you get to work at this awesome place, man. It's it's really um, nice chatting with you and, and getting to know you and and uh, finding out what's going on in your life and. Um, you know, what's what's next? What's around the corner? Um, Shh, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, I mean, I can't predict the future, so. Yeah, yeah. No, and and what's, what's, maybe, what's next with food? Like, what's going on with food? Is there anything that you can say, oh, wait a minute, everyone at home is going to be ordering packaged meals or, the, you know, anything you can predict? Give us a little prediction. We'd like to get the amount of people because when they come true, we, we've got it on record. Yeah, Remember you signed that bit of paper? You heard it here first. <laughs> That's it. Well, I think the time of the sourdough finally like is on its way out, so people are not, you know, the whole. What's sourdough the next bread? What are we going to do now? <laughs> no, not sourdough. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you don't um, tell me you're going back to focaccia. I was like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no. I think um, how the industry is and the prediction is like people are more conscious of what they're eating and how they're eating, and the environment as a, as a whole. So I think they're more aware of, you know, where they're going to buy their products and how it's getting there, how it's getting there for them to access. So I think it's really like a key and I think it's a good turn because I don't think it, we're moving towards like the processed and the packaged items because I think people are getting more health conscious and more self-aware of, hey, if it's better if, you know, I do it this way or I know what's actually going into this meal than all these package and process items. So I feel like that's the direction that we're I going. I like it. I hope it goes that way too. And, yeah. and I, I find it, it's our responsibility. That's why I'm talking about the pickling. Yeah. Right? I feel like it's our responsibility as food people and you know, educators and storytellers that we we can we can help people and promote that mm-hmm. and educate people on little things and send them in the right direction to get the right tips to because cooking at home not only is it um, um, with your family not only is it a sharing talking mm-hmm. learning you, you remember I think I don't know if many people um, I was very lucky to be able to do a little bit of cooking with my mum and that's why I became a chef I think it's just rock solid great stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and and you and pastas and stuff that we've made over the years it's yeah, yeah. It's just, i feel like fondest memories are around really good food yeah yeah 
Yeah. So we, you know, like I challenge you with a few other questions about when we get into cooking and stuff. And I, I can't encourage people enough, really. Like I say those questions with a blank face to like mm-hmm. make sure I try and get your 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 correct answer. But I, I really do think that um, cooking's a great gig. Working at places like the Star or little restaurants or wherever you work, you can never you can never not have work because that's yeah. happening all the time. And uh, <laughs> it's a great industry to get in. And I like where you think it's heading. And um, I think that wraps us up, Emily. What do you reckon? Awesome. Well, this was so fun. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thanks for making it easy and relaxing. And really is, I can't wait to go to your parents' um, tour business. What was, yes. it called? Are we, we, what was it called again? I've got to write it down now. Amity what, Island. Uh, how do you spell it again, quick? A-M-E-A-N-M-E-D-E-E. That's on record now. Everyone's going to go find that. I know. Google it. It's amazing. And people like... Yeah, and it's so close and people, you know, always go to Fiji and all these other places and they don't go to New Caledonia because first, like, I think they're a little bit off because it's French speaking. So oh, it's hard to communicate. But I mean, it's amazing. And they have all these great things to do there. It can't be bad. French, island, seafood, island, <laughs> I know, and bread, so. Uh, yeah, and bread. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well, as soon as borders are open, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. International travel in March. Yeah. Yeah, very soon. Um, or we could be there, depending on when you're listening to this. I know. Um, thanks again. You're awesome. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram under Chef Caroline. Yeah. So on there, I'll put some of the food, some of the ingredients I work with. Cool stuff that mm-hmm. I play with. Awesome. <laughs> you were cooking with ice plant, which is cool. Yes. In the latest upload, that looks mm-hmm. yummy. Yeah. Um, because after the masterclass, I was like, okay, I need to like just do more with this, and it's kind of easy. So, um, ice plant, carcala, which I've been using a little bit, and my team, like, they have never heard of it or they weren't exposed to it. So I think it's a really good thing for me to have the, like, to be able to show to them what's out there and how to get it and you know if you've never worked with it it's fine just try it and so it's a really great like it's so fulfilling to see that the team is enjoying it and they were like oh my god like this is amazing it's funny you know when we do those master classes you know you never know because it's a pretty, you know, it's a little bit of a blank face sort of crowd, yeah. and you're sort of like, you're not a rock star, so you're not getting much back. And um, but uh, I'm so glad that you enjoyed that, and you've encouraged me to organise another one shortly. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, thanks again for being on our little podcast. Awesome, thanks. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs>